this is Jonathan Goldman. I'd like to welcome you to 2021. For many of us, this past year and the years before it have been a time of great awakening and activation to a new level of being, a birthing, so to speak, of a new humanity and a new planet Earth. Now, in 2021, let us continue on our journey of awakened consciousness and evolution. In order for shift and change to endure, we must realize that our journey has just begun. Thus, for all who have partaken in various events to help initiate peace and change, let us continue to assist in the evolution and awakening of our planet and ourselves. Let us resonate together in harmony and cooperation celebrating the oneness that we can manifest together, generating the energy of compassion and loving-kindness for all. Join us this February 14th, 2021 for the 19th annual World Sound Healing Day. Become a sonic co-creator and help manifest global harmonization, generating peace and harmony onto our planet. On this day, Thousands of like-minded people throughout the world would join together and project intentionalized sound, sound encoded with the energies of light and love to our Mother Earth. This sound has the ability to affect and enhance the consciousness of the Gaia Matrix, the field of our entire planet. Science has validated that through the power of prayer and meditation, we can literally interface with the consciousness of the Earth. By adding the element of intentionalized sound, we can enhance and amplify this extraordinary power even more and help co-create a new reality of consciousness, of manifesting a state of oneness, loving kindness and compassion for all living beings. Let us come together this year on February 14th, 2021 for the 19th annual World Sound Healing Day and help co-create this new reality. Come to this, the World Sound Healing Day website, at noon, your local time zone, and go to one of the many sonic events that are occurring on the events portal. Contribute to these sounds, helping co-create the evolutionary vibratory field of global harmonization, planetary peace, and healing for our planet by sounding a sonic valentine of love and light to Gaia, our Mother Earth. Together, we can make a difference. Remember, we heal the planet, we heal ourselves. To learn more about this, please visit worldsoundhealingday.org. And that is how we begin this edition of Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and we are joined today by Jonathan Goldman. He's been on the program a number of times, and it's great to have you back again for the 19th annual, 19 of these, the World Sound Healing Day. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Richard, what a blessing it is, and how extraordinary it's, it is to hear those words from a different, if you like, uh, platform or venue, because normally I hear them on the World Sound Healing Day uh, website in this little uh, welcome video, but to hear it like that, I went, wow. <laughs> you know, I'm really... Well, and we have a lot of work to do, and part of that work that we, you and I, uh, wanting to help all, not just a select few, uh, although you could say, yeah, we want to help a select few, a select few 8 billion people, uh, to achieve something that, I, you know, so which, oh, come on, you're, you're talking about a utopian society, impossible, never going to happen. I hold out hope. I mean, isn't that what uh, one of the campaigns in this past uh, presidential election cycle uh, basically was really pushing was that word hope? And I have hope that we can, we can, and we are in the process of doing that and doing that through uh, World Sound Healing Day. I remember asking you um, maybe a year or two or three ago when we, when we would do these annual programs, among others, about any results that you have seen, not that, 
bear in mind, I don't think that your World Sound Healing Day is focused on results. You're focused more on the work right now, okay? And and however the universe uses what we put out uh, with our intent, okay? We have an intent. I get that. But we also have to let go of expectation. But setting that all aside, uh, what, uh, what, if any, kinds of results have you noticed over the last few years that are leading us toward more people thriving in their lives, even if it's just you and your wife? Well, that's a great, great um, question, Richard. And it's interesting. It, it brings up so many different things. Uh, recently, I was talking with a fellow by the name of Roger Nelson, who is from Princeton University, and has got the Global Consciousness Project out of uh, there. And for many, many years, they've been working with these random number generators that basically um, a random number generator is a little computer that uh, is a, uh, if you like, digitized version of somebody who's flipping a coin. Mm -hmm. So conceptually, 100 times you'd get 50 heads and 50 tails. So a random number generator would be generating this amount. But when events of high compassion occur, these events become less random. And then uh, ultimately, when they are basically this data is analyzed and charted, instead of it being a straight line, it basically is very, very, if you like, wavy and can be, you know, look a little bit like Everest or something like that. Yeah. And it's it's quite a fascinating, if you like, indication that something is going on, particularly in terms of consciousness. And we were talking about the field of the planet, which goes under uh, many names, a fellow by the name of Desjardins uh, called it the noosphere, if you like, the field of consciousness of the planet. And that seems to be, shall we say, it, uh, that it interfaces with human consciousness. Just the question is, what a does it mean? B. What what does the data uh, you know uh, indicate? Because depending upon the scientists and they show the stuff, they can make a lot of different uh, statements about it. But uh, this fellow Roger Nelson was pretty clear that. Um, do you remember the Dylan song? Something's going on, but yep. you don't know what it is, do you, Mr. Jones? Exactly. Like yeah. To say that Probably what's happening, that something is going on. We don't really know what it is, uh, but I would say it's a really positive thing because when events, and it's not only World Sound Healing Day that's been measured, but events of high compassion, which are sometimes very, very sad events, because let's say there's a global tragedy, a uh, earthquake somewhere and many people but at the same time these events are shall, shall we say being felt and registered by these uh, random number uh, generators that seem to indicate that if you like the noosphere the planetary consciousness is aware that this is going on well this is massive this is massive that there is a planetary consciousness yeah i i would uh, certainly be curious as to see that particular chart if you will, uh, or graph, uh, in reference to, um, uh, of course, U.S. history, uh, January 4th, 5th, 6th of 2021, in terms of what's happening there. There's a part of me that thinks that it probably wasn't a, a much of a blip in spite of what happened in our nation's capital, because when you think of the totality of the population on the earth, versus what happened on 9-11, versus what maybe happened, uh, remember the tsunami that hit Indonesia in yeah, 2005? Sure. I'm sure there must have been a spike there because that that seemed to, uh, those kinds of events seemed to elicit global um, reaction, if you will, emotion or connection. Maybe four, five, and six of January this year, maybe, Maybe there was a spike there. I, I don't know. It would be interesting to to have them on to talk about it from uh, from the heart well, math standpoint. Well, 
Well, yeah, well, you know, one thing that, yeah, Roger, of course, works with the uh, 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 Global Coherence Initiative, which is HeartMath. He's on mm -hmm. the board there. Uh, but one of the things that was very interesting about this when we're talking about that was that on 9-11, of course, it was like, you know. Yeah. But seemingly, according to this data, because they're constantly, they've got a lot of these numbered, random number generators throughout the planet. And um, they're constantly getting the information. So what it is is pulling out the information, analyzing the data. There seemed to have been some something going on several hours before the actual event. Right. Think on that one. Yeah. And, and now, what does it mean? Yeah, that was what was fascinating to me when I had them on following 9-11. And we talked about that specific event. And it was, again, hours ahead of time. Uh, the, the 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 upside, of course, is okay. We know something's coming. It could be incredibly wonderful or pretty horrific. That's the problem. Is we at least not yet. We're not able to define what it is and where it is to where maybe maybe we might be able to avert it. And maybe that's not what the science is designed to do. Maybe the science is more designed to just track it and and just see look see how we're connected maybe that's what it's it you know global coherence uh, uh initiative and heart math and the work that you do and that i do you know it's uh it's more about uh being aware of what's happening doing what we can and with world sound healing day on the 14th of february every year this being the 19th year let's introduce people a little bit to uh, the World Sound Healing Day, the first one. How did you come up with this 19 years ago? What was the what were what was the thought process, the catalytic uh, moment, and so forth? Well, Richard, in reality, I didn't come up with it 19 years ago. I came up with it a little bit previous to that. It mm -hmm. might have been 20 or even 21 years ago, and I was in a state of really deep meditation, and this inner voice said to me, okay, you know, uh, because at that point, I had probably been involved, really um, seriously involved for the last 20 years in trying to bring awareness of uh, sound healing as a modality mm. into uh, consciousness of the people on a planet. And this voice said, okay, you have uh, done your own, uh, you, you work well, and uh, you have uh, helped bring interest and awareness of the use of personal uh sound healing now we want you to incorporate global planetary sound healing and went great how do i do that and then whatever transmission i had shut off <laughs> <laughs> frequently happens thanks you know? a lot <laughs> so I thought, okay what's going on and ultimately i thought well, what if we had one day in the year when people would sound from their heart with love and compassion and project this consciousness to the planet. And I was at the time working with some other well-known uh, heavy-duty sound healers, and we came up with the name World Sound Healing Day. And after the time, it was like, okay, well, what if we all made the ah sound, which is a sound that is, seems to be really, you put your hand on your heart and go, Ah, you can feel it resonating there. It's the sound we make when we're in love, when we like something. Mm, this is good. Mm, ah. <laughs> what if everybody made an ah sound? So we focused on doing that, and we had all these different events, and also we would be doing these live events in Boulder that had a few hundred people, and it was great and fabulous. And then, and incidentally, uh, the, the data seemed to indicate that something was indeed going on, whether it was working with the Schumann resonance or whether it was working with the uh, noosphere or whatever aspect of the planet. But at the same time, then last year was the last live World Sound Healing Day. And, you know, Richard, I remember one of the things that we did in our ceremony is we had uh, and had for 20 years this uh, fabulous water 
that was uh, distilled water that was in a crystal grid and these people would be chanting and, and over. And then we'd hand out the uh, water and you drink it. And this water was the sweetest. It was almost psychotropic. It was literally charged with the energy of this um, that people had done. Then we would take the, what was left and put it into the uh, Boulder Creek, which goes into uh, ultimately goes into the uh, continental divide and conception goes into all the oceans of the planet. How thought how cool. And then we got the uh, basically pandemic. I had the thought then, gee, I wonder <laughs> if this is if this is going to be a, a sanitary process. It was, but a couple of weeks later, it may not have been. Mm. You know, you bring up uh, you bring up an interesting thought to me. Um, one of my guests spoke uh, more, shall we say, metaphorically slash metaphysically and symbolically of this virus. Now, more in terms of what it looks like, the, the images that we have been shown, okay, of the molecule with all those little crowns, which is where it got its name, Corona, which is Spanish for crown. And they started talking about it from the standpoint of royalty, a crown that someone of royalty would wear. Now, that's not to say that's what this virus is, but... In terms of the fact that it is, it, it has been affecting primarily humans, although we've been hearing that some animals are being uh, infected. Uh, and, and what all of that means, I always found that fascinating to sort of get the meaning behind. It was like with another guest who actually had his entire stomach removed. And we got to talking about all of the aspects of the cancer and the this and the that and the, the other and able to eat and so forth and how it changed your life and the people around you. But I said... Have you ever thought about what the metaphysical or metaphorical or spiritual meaning behind why it was your stomach that was afflicted? You know, and he said he had never been asked the question and never actually thought about it until he started actually thinking about it and verbalizing in the interview. Uh, and so I sit here thinking, OK, well, what is all of that about in the context of of what we're going through now a lot of people uh, i'm sure jonathan you know you look at it it's, it's sort of a reset a reboot for 2020 here we are in 2021 uh and by the way before we go any further i want to let you know and our listeners know of course uh, i've talked about this for now going on a year and a half uh of uh, 2020 was the year of perfect vision encouraging people to go within well we've expanded that now it's now the decade of perfect perfect vision, the 2020s. And uh, we're encouraging people to do the same thing we were asking them to do before, which is where they'll get the answers that they need. When you spend time going within and looking through those eyes of perfect vision, if you will, those in, internal eyes, spiritual eyes, if you will, what kind of insider messages do you get about the time in which you and I today, here we are, I am now 60 years of age. So we, I think we've probably been interviewing for what, eight, 10 years at least. Um, but I'm just curious as to what, what impressions you still, you're still holding out hope because otherwise you wouldn't be doing these, these annual um, world sound healing days, because obviously there's some benefit there. If again, as I said before, if it's just if it, if it's just for you, you know, hey, there's nothing wrong with us benefiting for ourselves sometimes. But can you share with us a little bit of insight into Jonathan Goldman's perspective on where he is today in in reference to, say, the rest of the world on not just a material, but a spiritual level? Well, Richard, I'm going to first jump into the uh, way back time machine <laughs> and tell you that I went on the World Sound Healing Day website and I checked out articles, which I did. Probably the last time I've done that was 10 years ago. And uh, I saw this one called Sound Consciousness Manifesto. And um, I started reading it, my mouth dropped open because I thought it was brilliantly written. And it was talking about we were at a tipping point in terms of our, uh, you know, uh, uh, not only our culture and our society, but our planet in terms of whether people will give into, you know, the light or the dark or, or the darkness and what will happen. And 
ultimately that if we could use our consciousness and couple that with sound because sound amplifies consciousness which this is why the different prayers on our planet are uh, basically vocalized uh, and it's simply you know they're considered an aspect of sound whether they're whispered spoken chanted or sung it amplifies and focuses our consciousness and our prayer uh, that this would be a way that we can literally create global shifts and i'm reading this i'm going wow this is brilliant this is great and fine i'm going i'm wondering who wrote it because a number of people contributed to these articles from uh greg braden on the, uh, and other people mm-hmm. and i all, all of a sudden i saw a phrase and it said when i first came across the formula frequency plus intent equals healing i went i wrote this <laughs> <laughs> and it, it cracked me up because it was it was truer now than when I'd written it. I might have written it in 2012 or something like that, but it was truer now. And I thought, wow, this is a little bit more radicalized then than it is now. And I thought, wow, is this? Uh, I'll, I'll send it to you and to, you know see if you can I think that it's uh, permissible for these times. I think it is so permissible because we really do need to be so much less divisive and so much more accepting of each other. I mean, ever since the the event on uh, January 6th, I've had some very dear friends who have, shall we say, pointed a finger at me because they're not, shall we say, in the same belief system uh, as me, even though we may have gone to Woodstock together or whatnot, things have changed. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. I, I, it was a text uh, that, that they sent me, and I, and I wrote, wrote, wrote back, this text area is a no-politics zone. Yeah. Uh, excuse me for a sec. My wife just asked, me how long we're going to be on for it this is a question absolutely we'll be doing about an hour we're in 22 minutes and uh, uh, so we have about another 40 minutes would to you go. like to meet richard not right now honey because i'm i'm trying to get oh. you scheduled because we, we you I, do you know what your bch it, uh, uh username or code is yes i do and if richard I can get that then i can get yeah, you on on your computer oh i can do i'm i'm on my computer you have well, to I'm sorry. This is this is something we have a virtual doctor's appointment, and you have to go through this long process. I've done it. I'm, all these questions. I did that already. No, it's for this particular. I did that already. Okay. Okay. So right. you know. Okay. Well, you there's have... nothing I can do because this is okay. being this is a okay. live broadcast oh. going on. Oh dear. Well, so okay. this is a. I want you to meet my wife, Andy, now. <laughs> Andy, it's great to meet you. I hope you know, that we get remote, you on the program. These times of doing remote stuff. Uh, this is Richard. <laughs> this is my friend Richard, who is also a... Uh... Richard. Hi. Hi. Nice to meet I, you. I am certainly not no. prepared to be, no. to be on, but anyway, you, this is great. Absolutely. And, hated to interrupt but jonathan just we had to get this information so. well let me tell anyway. you i know i know what that's like my wife is the same thing with the same way with me so no problem <laughs> and i love it i love it okay okay all right nice to meet you good, good to meet you too world sign healing day co-creator right here absolutely absolutely <laughs> we co-create life together i love it i love Business. it my wife and i too we're doing the same uh, thing it's great it's fabulous it is oh, it bye-bye. is bye-bye <laughs> all right so listen we will get this together in time all is well uh boy it is a really interesting strange folks out there who are watching this this information is so important and i'm so sorry that my meager little life has gotten uh, in the way <laughs> of really the, the more global that's, scheme of this that's but that shows it the thing is is that when we are when we are really connected, and I've I've learned this over the years, specifically with my second wife, uh, you know, I've been through one divorce, and 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 uh, I've I've really uh, I don't want to say struggled, but the challenge has been uh, to uh, sort of fight back against the stereotypes uh, where a relationship, instead of being combative, is is cohesive, and and com- uh, and and uh, uh, you know you're not uh, competing, but you're you're uh, co-creating, as as your wife just said, and um, yet you see on the television and the movies, you see it all the time. The stupid kind of guy who doesn't really know what he's doing, like Al Bundy, for example. 
or uh, you know, or uh, you know, or something else, or or uh, what? The other one is uh, Man with a Plan, uh, with the guy who used to play Joey on Friends and and uh, Matt LeBlanc, and he, you know, yeah. and he's trying to get one up on his wife. You know, I gotta, you know, this, there's a scoreboard, but that's not a relationship, and it, it shouldn't be. And I think this is one of the problems that we're having in our society today, where that's where the majority of these relationships, similar to what you were just describing a moment ago, uh, have they've turned into a scoreboard. Now, here's something I want to throw out to you. I was talking about this in regards to this concept of happiness. And of course, we did bring up January 6th. I did. And in our Declaration of Independence and preamble, it says that uh, uh, we have these inalienable rights, these God-given rights, if you will, of life, liberty, and happiness. Oh, I'm sorry, misquote. Uh, pursuit of happiness. And we got to talking about the concept of pursuing happiness. And uh, we got to uh, coming to the conclusion that, you know what? Every human being on the planet has a right to happiness and pursue that happiness. And we tied that in with what happened on the 6th. And the man who's on, uh, as our conversation is going on, the man who's on his way out, who's out, if you will. And... I'll tell you what came to me, that he is probably one of the, if not the most unhappy individual on the planet. And I'm talking not on the super, on the surface. I'm talking about deep down inside. He is unhappy. Okay. Nothing makes him happy that he is pursuing in the outside world. And. Uh, I don't know about you, but but in at the start of this whole uh, reality show in 2015, <laughs> that's what someone said to the, uh, the other day. They said, we have been in a reality show for five and a half years, and it's finally being canceled. <laughs> okay? But here's the thing. I went through four phases, Jonathan. Teacher, teach me. Thank you for teaching me how not to behave. Phase one. Phase two. I forgive you, but even more, I, for, I forgive myself for being drawn into this quagmire. Phase three, what is it that you are so afraid of that makes you behave this way? I'm not asking you to change. I just need to understand so I can put it in context and I can move on. The fourth phase, honestly and sincerely, Fellow human being to fellow human being, I love you. You have every right to be here just like Jonathan does, just like I do. We may disagree on how to behave, how to speak. We may disagree on a lot of things, but you still have the right to be here. Okay? And I have to learn, and isn't that uh, one of the phrases that we hear quite often? It's not the things that happen to you, it's how you handle them. And sometimes it's other people that, so to speak, happen to you. Well, how have we handled that over the last four years? For example, okay, have we, like myself, have we gotten drawn into that quagmire? Have we allowed ourselves to be dragged down the street by all of the emotions and all of the drama, the dogma and the, and the whatever's going on out there? Or have we learned how to put that into perspective? And that's really something that I think that we need to look at because I think that's where sound comes in. Because it is the things that we hear. Words have power, but even more importantly, as you, Jonathan, have discovered, sound has power. Is there a particular sound that you have discovered, and this is probably just for you, and maybe it's expanded for others, that you have found that when you play it, when you put the headphones on maybe to isolate out other sounds, to listen to it, that just flattens things out for a little while. Just calms the sound. <laughs> now, what's the difference between humming and groaning? Because as a kid growing up, I would groan when I was sick. And my mother told my sister once, well, that's how he heals himself. So I'm using that vibration. Are we I, talking I, I, about the same thing? 
I would say that they're very similar. The, the groan is probably a little deeper in the back of your throat. Mm -hmm. um, it's just interesting because about an hour ago, I was talking to someone on the phone who turned out to have uh, n known uh, our work with humming, and I was taking them to a little bit of a deeper level, which is how to work with another person. And it was, you know, I said, put your forehead against theirs and just close your eyes and hum together. It's an amazing phenomenon. Very few people have done that. And very few people have even done conscious humming. Very few people have done conscious humming, Richard, which mm. is breathing, humming, and putting intentionality on it. It's encoding intentionality, which is the whole thing about heart math, which is the whole thing ultimately about the global uh, consciousness project is intentionality. If our intentionality is one of love, compassion, and gratitude, if it isn't, now, <laughs> so I'm going to jump into three different areas because Please. that's what we do together. Yes. Uh, one of them is, first of all, remember to suggest that this year, rather than working with the ah sound, which is also a great sound, mm -hmm. But one of the reasons, uh, also, the, the ah sound is still a sound that people oftentimes will judge themselves. Am I making the ah correctly? Believe it or not, uh, the hum is not one that we ever judge ourselves. So I'm going to always uh, preempt to the hum if there's a sound that I'm going to recommend for people these days. But number two, I thought, okay, there's so many people who are musicians, who are performers and whatnot, that we're going to open this up to all sorts of performances and whatnot. You can sit there and play a crystal bowl. You can take tuning forks and do a tuning fork thing. You can play your guitar. You can play a kazoo as long as it is done with the intention of love and gratitude to the, you know, the Earth Mother, what I call the Gaia Matrix, then it is a good sound and it's going to help uh, coalesce together and create a field of consciousness that will shift and change the planet. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, I wanted to say that this year we're, we're having lots of cool things, uh, uh, including like a Tibetan monk chanting, and we've even got uh, some uh, EDM, some electronic dance music uh, being done for it because all sound can be healing sound. Uh, I've certainly uh, made a, um, a lot of my life dedicated to the working with single tones because that's a brilliant, beautiful thing. But one of the difficulties, if you like working with uh, the Internet, is that if you and I were to both make a sound together, uh, even if we did an ohm or a hum, one of us would cut out. Yeah. So how can you have a room full of 100 people uh, making sound together? It just, you know, so, uh, you know, we these are difficult times. And because of that, we've got to shift and change with these times. Mm -hmm. So now with regard to what you're saying, uh, the gentleman who's on his way out, there have been a few different, very, very interesting books, one called Dangerous Charisma, written by a Harvard uh, psychiatrist who uh, basically uh, does uh, profiles of uh, political people, and they had some very, very interesting things to be said. And, you know, um, there are a number of different books about how certain people in power uh, are not only, as you say, not happy, but they're simply just into power as a phenomena. And there's one person I was reading, uh, they're talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And, you know, if you're trapped in a certain power, you, you, you need everybody else to really like you. You're trapped in a certain power. If you get to your own level where you're fine by yourself, then you've reached another higher level of self-actualization. Hmm. And um, a lot of people are not there yet, but that is, that is what we could have in the year 2020 of going within, if we could have gone within. But there are so many distractions these days. Yeah. You know, yeah. whether it's 
every movie you ever wanted to see in TV or every music that you ever wanted to experience, or let me hop on a Zoom and see somebody because I can't be in person with them, that people have not, for the most part, taken the correct time to go within and be within and be in silence, which is the yin to the yang of sound. They work together. So being in that silence place, some people have done that, though, and they've done their homework and they've done the growth. Others are extremely uh, politicized and uh, and uh, polarized, or such a word, where we're in a polarity uh, venue. And I don't know what to do about that except just accept it. What do you think? I would agree with you uh, because there isn't anything we can do about it. And that's the, that's the other aspect of uh, one of the things that we talk about in this program is uh, – uh, what you're in control of. Well, you are in control of how you respond to what's going on outside yourself. That's pretty much it, uh, you know, in the in the sense, in the grand scheme of things. I can't control who's who's uh, out there on the East Coast. I can't control who's out here on the West Coast. I can't c control who's in charge of what countries. Uh, I can't control uh, what uh, certain groups decide to do going one way or the other. All I can do is decide what I will do either in response to that or maybe I'll ignore that and I'll just go do my own thing, you know. Uh, and so I would, I'm just, I'm just, uh, um, sometimes I'm, I'm like most people, I'm sure, I, I get frustrated in terms of the things that I hear. And sometimes I get a little concerned about some of the things that I hear thinking. But I also hear other people who get even more wrapped up and more concerned and more worried and more anxious and more depressed and more stressed. And I'm just I'm just sitting here going, All right, I hear what you're saying. I hear that you are concerned. But what how is your concern changing what it is that you're concerned about? It is doing nothing more than harming you, because you and I both know, Jonathan, that a lot of the anxiety and the stress and the anger and the frustration and all of those types of emotions, they do a number on the physical body, mental as well as emotional bodies, but specifically the physical. Uh, you ever seen these old guys walking down the street and they're kind of hunched over, you know? My first thought is, what burden are they have they been carrying around for so many years and that's the one thing I don't want to become is one of those old guys or gals, for that matter, who's hunched over, got a big old hump on her back, on their back, because they've been carrying whatever burden they've been carrying for however long they've been carrying it. Let it go. It's not serving you. It's not serving the people around you. It's not serving your society and it's not serving the planet uh, as far as the population's concerned or as, as you have so well put, it's not serving Gaia. And Gaia is here to support us if we would but let Gaia support us. But we sometimes we, we, we get caught in those, you know, the, 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 the cycles that you talked about from this gentleman's book. And by the way, I would venture that his book was not judgmental. It didn't have anything to do with ju passing judgment. It was observational based upon the clinical research, I'm sure, and what have you that he's done over the years. Uh, and that's something that I think also we have to come to grips with, Jonathan. It's one thing to be observational. It's a whole nother thing to turn that observation into judgment. Let people be who they are, whether you like it or not, because can you change them? I mean, I'm sure you've you've had relationships in the past where where people have been around trying to change you, right? <laughs> Not going to happen. Richard, it was my birthday uh, last month, and I was in a very deep state of meditation. This voice said, "Do your best and allow the rest." Mm -hmm. In other words, don't you know? Do it, do what you can, but then don't get upset about everything else because you really have no control over it yeah, yeah. and you we, we we just really need you know i'm so sorry that uh, a few dear friends of mine have really been so politicized that they you know have broken up and you know your president is doing this or your president is doing this or your people are doing this and i was going 
what is going on? Yeah. What, you know, I, I, there's an aspect to me that thinks that everyone is being on a level, that there's a huge agenda going on that I don't have a clue what it is. I'm kind of uh, with you there. I'm kind of with you there. You're talking, we're talking with Jonathan Goldman, and we're talking about the the uh, World Sound Healing Day dot uh, org is the portal. And uh, it's February 14th, 2021. It happens every February 14th and has for the last 18 years, now going on 19 here in 2021. And we hope that you will participate. We also hope that you will uh, stay tuned to this program as we continue talking about this subject. It's I think it's important, some of the things we're talking about. One of the other aspects, too, and you've written a number of books. You just showed us the one about the humming effect, uh, which to me was was just fascinating. And, it, you know, it's like, really? I mean, when are you going to write the whistling effect? You know, it's just, you know, that, that kind of, because isn't that interesting? Think about this, Jonathan. In our throats, we have vocal cords. Yeah. All right. Like a guitar, like a violin, right? Yeah. Right, right. All right. That is a stringed instrument. That's right. All right. But when you whistle, you have now created a wind instrument. That's true. Okay. That's true. <laughs> and, of course, when you're singing, of course, it's sort of a combination of a lot of different things. But when you first got into, the, shall we say, the sound business, <laughs> um. What was it that opened your eyes to this aspect, the importance of sound as not just a healing element, although uh, that's something we'll go into as well, but just in terms of uh, classical music, for example, Mozart effect, for example. Um, the guy who created the Mozart effect is the guy who introduced my wife and I. Well, there you go. Then Don that's Campbell. Okay. So is that where it started for you with John? No. No. <laughs> It's 1979, and I'm in a seaside bar. Here I am wearing my Jimi Hendrix T-shirt. Yes, I am a uh, rock and roller, and uh, I was strapping on my guitar and uh, playing the seaside bar with a band, strapping on my Stratocaster, walked up the microphone, began playing and singing, and all of a sudden I looked out of the audience, and I became aware that there was an ambiance of negativity and violence. Now, I realized that the alcohol and the different intoxicants that people are imbibing and were helping create this ambiance of negativity, but I also realized that the music that I was creating at that time, nothing to Jimi Hendrix, no. This was kind of like uh, semi-punk rock, if you must know. It was the mm -hmm. only thing that would uh, literally, uh, you know, was viable then at the, uh, at the time. And I be became aware that the music was also helping contribute to this ambiance of negativity. Mm. And I had a thought, Richard, Man, I was almost 30 years old then. Now I've been performing professionally for at least 15 years. And I had the thought then, I'd never had it before. What if music can be used to make people feel better? I just had that thought. It was like, it was like whoa, what if music can be used to make people feel better? And then about a week and a half later, that thought shifted about five degrees. It wasn't 180, it was about five degrees. It became, what if sound can be used to heal? And I began, and I, all of a sudden I dedicated my life to that. My life has been dedicated to that. And I just, you know, began to investigate all sorts of different modalities. And I know a whole lot of stuff. I've studied with a whole lot of people. I got a master's degree from Lesley University researching the uses of sound and music for healing. And I've studied so many different sound modalities. And incidentally, there's a lot of misinformation about sound, but I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> what I'd like to say is that initially, when I first be, uh, began, uh, there was this whole excellent... Uh, uh, in terms of the people who are into sound healing, uh, when I say excellent, I say that sar sarcastically, mm -hmm. but a, a large emphasis of rock and roll is the devil's music, rock and roll is bad music. If you listen to rock and roll, it'll kill your plants. And I put down my guitar for a long time. And then all of a sudden I became aware that it wasn't just the music, the frequency, but the intention that is going there. And I realized, okay, and I came up with this formula, frequency plus intent equals healing. And if you think about it, some of the most incredibly beautiful, positive lyrics on the planet. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make, the Beatles and whatnot. It's not 
the genre of music. It's not whether it's rock and roll or jazz or uh, classical music or whatnot. It's the energy that is put into the music. Mm -hmm. What I just said, my friend, I believe thoroughly is such a mandatory thing for people to understand rather than the divisiveness of this is healing music, this isn't. No, why should it be? If you're having a good time, blessed be. I just got off the phone with a... Uh, a friend of mine who uh, has uh, been a major blues player on the planet, and I was uh, suggesting that perhaps he would do a uh, some blues songs dedicated to the Earth Mother, and because I said all music, depending upon the time, the place, and the need of the individual, kind of healing effects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I refused to become that old guy who says, oh, those kids and their music, get that out of here. It's awful. It's the devil's music. Uh, no. As you just well stated, every piece of music that's been created was created during a time when it was needed by the people who created it. I mean, look at look at the the, the, the composers uh, going back two, three, four hundred years, and the church castigated them in the beginning. But now it's some of the most beautiful stuff that we could listen to uh, in terms of that genre of music. It's just I, I was a, a member of a, a classical CD club for many years back in the eighties. And I still have them. And I still love throwing them on and listen to classical stations and so forth. Are you aware that Stravinsky's The Rites of Spring almost caused a riot when it was first premiered because he used uh, a uh, flatted seventh and a sharp four, uh, which were at the time not within the mode of how and what music should be used or used all the time now, but then. People were freaking out. So it's, wow, um, wow. you know, there were different classical and musical pieces that were considered almost diabolical at the time. And now we consider them to be, you know, God sent. Exactly. It's, uh, you know, and, and this is how things change over time, too. Uh, I may not listen to punk music or heavy metal or hip hop or 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 many, many other genres. I mean, I only worked for six months for a country radio station back in 1986, and it was during the holidays. I got to tell you, that was a blast. And now, and I don't know if it's because I own a truck and I own a travel trailer, I enjoy listening to most of the country music. I'm not really thrilled with some of the storylines in the songs because uh, it's, it's drinking and womanizing and that kind of thing. But there are a lot of beautiful country songs and i i just enjoy i, I don't I, maybe it's just because of where i am right now and it's not that i ever hated country music it's just you know my father loved for example he loved hootenanny he loved uh, folk music he loved uh, marty robbins for example uh, glenn campbell who i did not know was one of the greatest guitarists around in his Is that time the original version of tequila uh yeah uh, I mean, it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, our, our tastes change. I mean, my favorite artists that I, and I haven't, I've tried to stay away from them, from them for a little while to try to take in some new stuff. My favorites are John Denver, Dan Fogelberg, and Harry Chapin. And Harry kind of feeds that, um, that um, idealistic uh, uh, part of me that when, when thinking about America, when thinking about the country and its people and what we are and aren't doing to take care of one another. Uh, Denver gives me that nice, calm feeling. It, it kind of soothes me and, and so forth, uh, as does Fogelberg. And Tim Weisberg, who used to play with him in a couple of his albums, Twin Sons of Different Mothers, which I always loved that phrase. Uh, it's just, and, of course, then I started getting into jazz. I've got a bunch of jazz albums at home. Uh, Jean-Pierre Rampal and Jean-Luc Ponty. I mean, uh, Vangelis. Uh, and then, of course, a lot of New Age with uh, Stephen Halpern. I mean, the list just goes on. And do, do Jonathan we Goldman. And, and, and Jonathan Goldman. I, I beg your pardon. I, and I don't mean to slight you in any way. But it's just, it's just, it's, it's like you listen to, it's like you listen to what you need at a given time uh, in your life. And there's nothing wrong with that. I have gotten heavily into, uh, once again, we listening to classical music. I've also been listening to a lot of the music from the, uh, 
from the 70s, not only Hendrix, but, uh, you know, many other people, including the Jefferson Airplane. And boy, to listen to their album, Volunteers of America, which at the time was such a uh, interesting album. And I realize now, you know, looking back, uh, what what may be occurring uh, maybe some sort of a division that I never perceived of. When I was younger, we were all, you know, going toward uh, toward the division to create a new world. Now I say, let us come together and create a new world. Yeah. How are you, aside from the music, the sounds, I, I, I want to say music, but you produce a lot of sound. Yeah, tracks. sonic landscapes. Sonic, sonic landscapes, landscape. yeah. What else are you doing uh, to try to make this a better world for Jonathan, Annie, and uh, Andy, and uh, and the rest of us? Well, you know, once again, putting uh, the music out there, making it available, uh, talking to people a lot, talking to people really though about the power of humming. Because I got to tell you, Richard, real quick, uh, there are two ways that sound affects us. One is called psychoacoustics. That means the sound is going into our ears, into our brain, affecting our nervous system, our heart rate, or respiration, or brainwave. When we listen to different types of music, we get different types of effects. So on a level, if you want to calm and chill yourself out, listen to calm and chilling music. That's number one. The other way that uh, sound affects us is called vibroacoustics, meaning the sound goes into your body, into your cells, creating shift and change. And that may be one of the ways that sound can heal. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, here is a tuning fork, which if I hit, put it on my body, it's putting this frequency into the body and shall we say, uh, doing a you know on a level potentially doing a whole lot of good because there's a thought that imbalanced energy is stuck energy which causes pains and whatnot and just simply by freeing the energy you're able to you know uh, induce a healing but I just wanted to suggest that there are those two major aspects and humming is both a psychoacoustic effect but it's also the the most powerful vibroacoustic effect because when you make a mmm and then you pinch your nose, yeah, I'm going to do this just, you know, you sure. have to believe it, uh, but, you know, because we can't do it together. Mm. You can't make sounds. So the entire sound is totally within you. So it's our most self-contained sound. As soon as I go, mmm, then the sound starts going out, but otherwise it's totally inwardly oriented. And then with our consciousness, we can direct it to different parts of our body. Well, I'm telling you, this has been a game changer. It's been a life changer for people. and Everybody can hum. Oh, absolutely. Everybody can hum in some fashion. Uh, and I, I even encourage people when they're not feeling well, I encourage them to groan. If you feel like groaning or, or moaning uh, more so, that's known as toning. Yeah. Okay. Then <laughs> moaning, groaning, toning. <laughs> and that's something we normally do. Yeah. I actually was interviewed by the New York Times on why we did that. I came up with six different hypotheses, but nobody knows. But it worked for you. Yeah, exactly. I, I myself have been a very healthy individual over the years. Um, and, you, you know, you talk about intent. I, 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 I remember... Uh, back on, on July 24th of 2020, I was in the doctor's office uh, because my wife wanted me to go there because I was, I was drinking a lot of water and I was peeing a lot. And of course, uh, I kind of had the idea of what that was a symptom of, but I didn't want to think that that's what it was. And it was, and I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. I was in shock for maybe 30 minutes, maybe give or take. And the doc was telling me how, oh, you know, it's it's going to be a long journey, Richard. Just going to take some time, you know. And he told me this story about this one guy and how short it was and what have you. And I said, no, um, it's not going to be a long journey. It's going to be a very short journey uh, because I know what caused it. And it was the pandemic. Because as you very well know, Jonathan, everybody switched to comfort foods. Well, what what's primarily in comfort foods? Sugar and carbs. All right. And that's part of what uh, does your blood sugar in. So uh, anyway, I had my blood sugar down to normal in less than two months. Wow. All right. A1C was checked in fe November of 2020. 5.7. It was at 11.2 in July. Okay. 
Now, I was, I don't know what, uh, what the music was that I was listening to, but I will tell you this much. I was telling myself, sometimes out loud and sometimes inside, that this is not, this is temporary. That's something else I want to talk about. The temporariness of things. And maybe even the more temporary of things when one incorporates toning or sound or humming or singing and so forth into their lives. Talk to us a little bit about that. I, I like to believe that the Buddhists call it impermeance. I, I, I like to talk about the fact that we are fluid beings mm -hmm. and that life is fluid. And the one thing about sound that is so important is to realize that sound, you know, a dear friend of mine says, hey, you know, Jonathan, we're nothing, nothing more or less than really big bags of water because we're composed of about 70 to 90 percent water. And she said, you know, how easy it is for sound to change the shape of water, which it is. Yes. So working with sound, we can, you know, this quote from the New York, New York Times, sound shaped into dazzling tool can make, break or rearrange molecular structure. So we're talking about something that can really get you down to a cellular level. So, yes, sound can serve do that. Also, as you know, stress really can help induce uh, all sorts of imbalances uh, in our uh, physical body. And listening to calming music, making mm, sound like that, you know, different musics at different times. If you're trying to drive in a car and stay awake, you don't want to do something that's going to affect you like a uh, a Valium or a shot of scotch, you want to be, you know, on your toes so that you can drive properly, but at the same time, if you're trying to go to bed, you don't want to be up and uh, that type of thing. And these things can be shifted and changed through the psychoacoustic and vibroacoustic aspects of different sounds and through our intentionality. Intention's huge. Intention, without intention, uh, it's almost a moot point. Uh, but I, I never believe there's any wasted time or space or sound, if you will, or vibration. But it's really important that if you're going to do that, have some kind of an intention. Put something out there for yourself, for your family, for your community, you know. And, and uh, how about this for the last part of this? And then let it go. Let it go. Do your best and... Allow the rest. Yeah, yeah. Let the universe, uh, what is it? Um, become part of the process. Don't try to control it. You know? and uh, Or go with the flow is another one as well. So many yeah. other wonderful phrases. What are some of your favorite? I mean, obviously a rock and roller from the 70s and so forth. But what are some of your favorite um uh, uh, types, if if you will, genres of music uh, that that you like to listen to that just really make you feel good. Uh, Richard, music is a smorgasbord of delicacies, <laughs> and no more than I would just want hamburger or brown rice. I like to sample from different things. Yesterday, for example. I was really into listening to Muddy Waters, oh. the, the old blues player. And last night I was listening to uh, Frank Sinatra. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this morning I was listening to classical music. And, you know, so it's it just so many different things. I would really, you know, if someone just likes one type of music, what a blessing. But on another level, I've often thought that we should create a musical Rx for ourselves. Indeed, what music makes you happy? Hey, sometimes when you're really sad, listening to sad music is the panacea. Listening to something sad, and then all of a sudden you feel better. You know, so uh, it really... Uh, here's a quick story, and perhaps that'll be it. It was my 30th, 31st birthday. I can't quite remember, but I, at the time, I convinced myself... Hey, when you get this old, hey, you know, it's all the same. Uh, I had convinced myself for a while that since it was my birthday, I was supposed to be depressed. And so I was sitting around and uh, my um, 
a friend of mine who was uh, my karate partner, who was also a guitar, well, was also a piano tuner. And he, uh, he, you know, and he said, how you doing, John? I said, mm. And so he just sat down, he might if I play? Uh, and he started playing Rhapsody in Blue, Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. I hadn't heard this since I was a kid. I loved the song and I just became uplifted. And that was the last time that I ever got depressed on my birthday. It just removed something from me. So, you know, you can also never really know what a particular music is going to do for you at any particular time and space. That's that's one of my miracle healing uh, experiences for myself. I had forgotten about that, but it's like, you know, and I'm not going to say that Rhapsody in Blue is going to change anything, but it worked for me. Worked for you. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, I think it does the one thing that we need to be doing when it comes to our emotional state, and especially if it is a sadness or ang- anxiousness or frustration or depression, it helps us to get through it because you have to go through it to get through it. And that's what you did with Rhapsody. It, it drew, it pulled you through that period and you were out. Yeah. You know, uh, one can develop all sorts of theories, scientific, psychological, whatever, about why something works. But all I can say is it worked for me. And that's what you have to realize, that we are all unique uh, vibratory beings. What works for one person may not necessarily work for another. But it's so cool. And getting back ultimately to the concept of world sound healing day. And listen, blessings to you for allowing us to be talking about this. You know, I like to say we heal the planet, we heal ourselves. We heal ourselves and we heal the planet. We have a choice and we can make a difference. Absolutely. Jonathan Goldman, my guest here on the program. Tell me your story, New Paradigms for a New World. I have three final questions. I've asked these of you, but sometimes the answers change over time. So we're going to ask them of you again, if you don't mind. But first, I need to let our listeners know that uh, you can hear this program on this fine radio station, Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We are having podcasts posted. Uh, We are? I'm posting them up on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM. We're on YouTube now where you can watch the interviews as well. You can see our guests. You can see myself and uh, and basically um, get, a, get a, a different perspective, if you will. I hope you'll do that. I'll also hope that you will go to World Healing worldsoundhealingday.org for the 19th annual on February 14th. Please participate in that. Uh, And you can go to the portal there and you can get all the information that is absolutely uh, essential so that you can participate at 12 noon, your time, wherever you are, when it's... Or any time. Or any time. Okay. During the day, there's going to be stuff going on throughout the planet at all different times. It's going to be great. Oh, absolutely. of sacred sound symphonies of consciousness that are going to change the vibrational uh, field of our planet. What more could you want? And uh, you can start now and work your way towards the 14th. You can do it on the 14th. You can continue after. Uh, Do what you can. Participate in whatever way you're you're able to do so. We hope that you'll use that stringed or wind instrument of yours uh, to to generate those sounds. And we we certainly appreciate that. And also, if you'd like to uh, support what we are doing, if this resonates with you uh we would certainly great greatly appreciate your financial support that's why we have a paypal account that's for your security as well as ours and also participate in the decade of perfect vision the 2020s uh go within spend that time quiet time maybe a meditation with some wonderful music that you enjoy listening to whether it be new age whether it be classical whether it be blues doesn't matter and just Be still and know that you are right now, this moment, you are perfect. You are perfect. Jonathan, right now, he is perfect. I am perfect because we are being, period. End of story. So with that, first of three final questions, who is Jonathan Goldman? I am a being who in this moment in time and space is uh, speaking to uh, Richard Dugan, I am a uh, spiritual being in a physical body who is doing their best to help bring awareness of sound and music for healing. And I am also a human who is giving thanks for being in a great relationship, having a great life. And what a time to be existing on this planet and observing all the unique things that are going on. 
What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? Want to basically be bringing and continue to bring the awareness of sound and music for healing. I signed on to do that, and I continue to do that. And finally, and this could be the same answer, what is your life's purpose? I I signed on. I thought so. I signed so. on to uh, basically my purpose was was and is to bring awareness of using sound and music for healing to the general population. And thank you for helping be conduit through allowing this wonderful conversation. And thank you so much for joining us here on the program. And we're going to have you back again, hopefully before uh, February 14th, 2022, to talk more about this and the work that you're doing and the new ways that you, Jonathan, are inventing to get the sound out, as it were. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks so much, Richard. Blessings to you, my brother. Thank you. And everyone who is watching, listening, and vibrating and resonating to these frequencies. And I thank you for listening and watching this program. Tell me your story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to love.